Hello and welcome to your weekly podcast from Freestyle Media in partnership with The Magic Five, where you can get 15% off a pair of their custom fit goggles uh, by using the link in the description to this episode. Uh, do also check out Oxalt Strength and Conditioning. Uh, that's Nathan Oxford. Uh, and in the new year, he'll be uh, offering at-home bodyweight uh, programs for those people who don't have access to a gym. Uh, and we all know that he gets great results for his swimmers. So do check out his stuff at www.oxalt.com. Uh, so this week is part two uh, of technology in swimming, uh, which is also going to be split into two parts. Um, it's hard to find the diary uh, time in the diary for all of us uh, to get together, but but we'll make the best of it. Um, so joining us uh, for the first half of this episode is Jamie McHale. Uh, Jamie McHale, sorry, how are you, mate? Good, thank you, Joe. Good, good. Uh, and it's a nice little debut for for David Westcoff. Uh, so thank you for coming on the podcast, mate. Hi, me. No, no, you're welcome. It's uh, it's good to have you. Um, so look, in this first half, I, I want to move the conversation on a little from, from the one that we had previously. So last time we talked about technology that we were currently using, and then we kind of dreamed up these like scenarios of a world without limits. We had smart pools, we had all sorts of stuff going on. Um, but today what I want to do is kind of get your thoughts on really the technology that you that you could use, that you don't currently use, that you actually think could genuinely improve your training and therefore your swimming. Um, I'm open to most things in this conversation, so, so you know, so do cut loose. Um, and just for context, in the second half of the episode, I'll be joined by two coaches uh, and they'll be discussing their views on technology and how they use them uh, for their swimmers. Uh, but Jamie, get, just, just give us a very, very quick debrief on the tech, or if any tech that you do currently use, uh, and then we'll move the conversation on from there. Uh, so at the moment, I use a Garmin Fenix watch. Um, so I've been using that probably, I've been using a Garmin Fenix for about five years now. And uh, I find it just really good because it breaks, so it, it records all my sessions, uh, breaks all the reps down, so I know what times I'm doing for each rep. And it gives me a, a heart rate, although... As a, as a wrist heart rate watcher, it's probably a little bit lower than what a chest strap one would be, but it's still pretty accurate and it'll give you accurate graphs and what have you. Um, as the session goes, um, to using it, all I do is press a button each time I set off on a rep and I press, and it gives me a three second countdown. And then, uh, I press it again when I finish each rep and then it gives me a time and then, um, I just set it off again each time. So I've got used to that now. It sort of took a little bit of getting used to to start with. But now I get used to it and I don't always look at what times I'm doing during the session. I think the main thing is sort of looking back at it. And then later on, sort of in the year, if I do a similar set, I can sort of compare and contrast um, sort of how, how I'm doing at that time of year see if i've sort of better in my times and see what my heart rate is for that set and stuff like that and uh, i just find it really good and i download it onto strava um and then it's all on there sort of thing so yeah if it's not on strava you didn't do it (laughs) absolutely no that sounds that sounds really good and actually i i have a garment as well i've never said this before i don't actually wear it anymore i haven't worn it for a while but um, I think mine must have been a generation below yours because um, I don't get it, it disables the heart rate monitor when okay. you go into swim mode because yeah. it just doesn't have that capability. So um, so I do I do get the um, the chance to kind of record each rep if you like. And when I put it on Strava, you know you can sort of see the breakdown of the splits. But I didn't have the heart rate. Um, but David, same question to you really is what are you what are you currently using, if anything at all? 
So I use the uh, Whoop 4.0 health tracker. Um, so a little bit different to, to a Garmin watch um, and, and also similar in the sense that it tracks the heart rate. Um, however, it doesn't really track swim times, what I do in the pool or how many lengths. Actually, the, the GPS system is, is quite bad. And, and, you know, if I look back at it, it will have me, you know, swimming out on the road according to, the, to its little map. So um, yeah, not, not very handy for that. Um, but I think I think the main thing that I like to use it for is is understanding um, calories, how many calories I've burnt off, and um, how much uh, how much strain I've put on my body uh, during a session. Just to yeah, not not to inform that that individual session itself, but over the course of the week to try and understand you know how hard am I working this week? Should I take um, you know should I take it a little bit easier today? You know, or should I really push myself hard? And and I think actually the the, the best thing for it is not is not for for actually the swimming itself but actually um monitoring sleep um and yeah just helping me to understand how well i've slept the night before and therefore you know again that then feeds into you know how hard can i push myself um on the next day so yeah it's it's more of a general health tracker and um yeah just just to help me understand how hard to push it on on any given day be that in the pool or or in the gym or both it's i mean that's really interesting i've heard a few people now talk about particular device that you've got there do, do you ever have you ever overridden the data have you ever has it ever kind of said you know hold back a little bit today but you've actually felt really in the mood and have you ever just thought no i'm going to go for this uh yeah there are there are times um admittedly it's it's very rare where i kind of think hmm yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure that that that's totally accurate i think that that i've had a little bit better night's sleep than than it's telling me um but you know 99 times out of 100 it's it's you know really good and 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 i think actually where it's been really really good is is back in october or no mid mid september when i was starting to feel a little bit ill and under the weather um some some of the some of the um things that it tracks um such as heart rate um respiratory rate when sleeping and that sort of thing was coming back as you know this this is a little bit different you know you might be feeling a little bit strained and you know a, a, a few days or so later you know i was really feeling it and it it, it was yeah it, it essentially led me to to it, it let me know that that you know an illness was was potentially on its way and um yeah i should have should have listened to it a little bit more and, and taken things easy because i yeah I, I was two weeks doing um low intensity training um yeah right at right at the peak of, of when you wanted to be training hard for nationals but um yeah, it's, it's, it's been very good in that sense as well. And, and you know, most of the data is, is, you know, incredibly good and accurate. That's uh, that's really freaky that it was like essentially telling mm. you you're about to have a have a cold or whatever. Like yeah. my, my trigger is always because I everybody kind of has different symptoms. Whenever I sort of have a cold or a bit of man flu or whatever it may be, there's always a moment in the day where I just suddenly feel like a little lump at the back of my throat and I just think, oh something's coming <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of all, that's always one trigger so that's yeah. uh, that's really interesting um but mo moving the conversation on then um jamie let, let's talk about as i say what we what we think could genuinely improve our, our training um so you said you use a garmin watch have you ever considered using anything else and again want to try and be realistic with this because we could have all the tech in the world you know we could use all the stuff that the pros use but realistically we're just not really going to have access to a lot of this stuff so like given like what david's just said there a general health tracker for example is that something you'd consider using or, or anything else that you've heard from from the other people in part one 
Uh, my Garmin actually tracks uh, sort of HRV and my pulse rate at night time. Um, it knew that I'd had the COVID jabs a few weeks ago because my yeah. pulse rate went up um, probably about 10, 10 beats per minute uh, over about two days. Wow. Sort of, so it's about two days and then it, it mm. came back down again. Um, so things like that. Uh, yeah. And uh, sort of. It tracks my sleep as well, and it tells me how bad bad I'm sleeping or how late I've slept, and I need a few more hours. <laughs> but yeah, so so things like that, it does track, um, and I do I do sort of look at HRV, and I I probably would um, if it's sort of out of limits, I would sort of take it a bit easier and listen to to my body a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. Would you ever consider, I mean, obviously, because the club environment that you swim in, um, you've got plenty of members, you know, Abby seems like a the sort of coach that would be willing to try stuff. Would you ever consider like sort of going around the houses or the swimmers and saying, if we all just put a bit of dough mm. in, we could actually buy some kit for poolside, some some tech, you know, whether it's cameras in the water or something like that. Would you ever consider something like that? Do you think that would be quite helpful to you guys? I'd really like cameras, yeah. I think cameras are good because um, you can sort of you can listen to the coach. The coach can't always um, watch everybody, um, and also uh, sometimes I think if you're looking at yourself swimming, it's not how you think you're swimming. You look different to what you think you're swimming like, and sort of underwater cameras looking at sort of that high elbow. Um, things like that, and sort of ha- how you're swimming through the water, sort of hand entry and things like that, would be, I think, would be really useful. Yeah, and I think now with sort of GoPros and what have you, that that technology isn't as expensive as what it used to be. Um, sort of twenty years ago, I know it's it's come down quite a lot, and yeah, I would be definitely interested in something like that. Yes, no, yeah, interesting. I'd interested. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'd absolutely, uh, absolutely love love cameras. Um, you know, doing a little bit of videoing of my races myself. It's I, th- I think the one the one thing that that I always realise when um, looking back at race videos is that my arm turnover rate is nowhere near as quick as I think it is in the pool. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, and it's it's you look at other people and you you think you know. You know they're going around at turtle speed, and um, you know it, when you're actually in the water, you, you're really trying to throw them over as hard as you can, and it's 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 so handy for, um, so handy, yeah, just so handy for understanding what what you're you're actually doing with your stroke. And I think the key obstacle with that is not necessarily the the either the expense or or you know actually getting the equipment itself. It's it's how you integrate that in in sort of the session or or you know even a public swim for those that do it in public swim sessions. And yeah, I think I think that's the key obstacle there. But otherwise, we'd absolutely love to have that kind of tech. Mm. So I know David, you do a mixture, don't you? Of of I think I think you said earlier you have kind of one club session a week, and then the rest of them are, are all kind of done in a public session. So. Obviously, the the difference between those two would mm. be that in in a club session you could probably you know have more stuff on yeah. poolside or, or whatever, and as in a public session you're going to be a bit more careful. Um, if you train with with you know fellow teammates in those kind of public sessions, I mean it, it's again it's not really possible, is it, to sort of take a just take your phone on poolside and say look we're just look 
sorry, lifeguard, we're just going to do yeah. a couple of uh, 25s max out. I'm going to film him once, then he's going to film me. Um, it's a, it's an adult lane swimming session, so there's no kids around. I mean, mm. I've, I've never really had that conversation with the lifeguard, but I mean, that would be really helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of one way, you know. How do you even how do you even approach that conversation slash slash you know <laughs> start start that? Um, yeah, it's it's obviously I think you know you know we'd all be wanting to do it innocently, and all we'd actually care about is looking at ourselves and 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 our stroke rate and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's just you know I don't I don't know how you'd how you'd you know integrate that into into the current pool environment. Um, I think we've done it in a in a couple of on a on a couple of occasions when we've had the you know we've had um, club training sessions um, because yeah it's it's you know you've got a few lanes you can keep the camera to yourself it's it's relatively um, you know you you can do that sort of thing a lot easier and obviously you know some of the um, other clubs in other lanes are, are used to that sort of thing um, as well where it's yeah it's 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 integrating that in in like a public swim session where it's it's yeah I can't. I struggle to see how that would that would come together. Definitely, um, Jamie. There are new sports goggles out on the market now that I, I know have been kind of really pushed in in well, with triathletes, and where you literally see data in, in your goggles. So you know, yeah. sort of that kind of infrared style style data. I don't know if you've really looked into these, but but generally instinctively what do you kind of think to that and, and do you think it will take off in our in, in our sort of competitive swimming sport i think um i did i did actually look at these um it's probably probably about two years ago when i was buying my garner watch and i think the price was a bit prohibitive sort of for wearing and just for trading and how goggle how long goggles last me <laughs> so i think i think that sort of put me off a little bit um but sort of seeing the data while you're swimming is an interesting one because you can actually see how fast you're swimming. Mm. You can see all the splits and what have you and while you're actually doing it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not something I'd discount, but um, I discounted it just because of the fact that the cost of it and how long the goggles would last me. So I think if I, if I wore the goggles every day at training, they'd probably only last me six months or so something like that until they just get fogged up all the time too much completely agree and obviously jamie you swim in in a in a club environment you've got a coach you've got your teammates do you think that 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 those goggles would actually get in the way of that club experience and that culture yeah they could do could do um I think what I think one thing I'd like to see sort of in the future is maybe using uh, taking uh, use of uh, um, electronic timing, and if you could find a way of uh, having a lane using the electronic timing and getting sort of a stopwatch off each person setting off, so they get a time at the end of it, and then maybe you could download it all. And you could see all your splits and everything at the end of the session and things like that. I think that'd be really good. And, and the coach could see it as it's going as well. But I think you'd need sort of a separate monitor for each lane. And sort of, I don't know how you'd do it, but each time person sets off, they, I don't know, something goes off and their name's on there. So each person's got 
a split for that um, for each rep and everything. I think that'd be quite good. And I don't think it'd be impossible to do either. I think it's but it needs need someone uh, more tech wizardry than me to uh, be able to come up with a program that that would work with. It's a cracking idea because when you think at the end of a well, at some point during a club session, you might say, right, we are actually going to do some stand-ups here. And actually, if you, it's quite a manual process, of course. But if you if you design a start list similar to one of a competition, again, this would require you to know who's turning up to training, um, yeah, so you yeah. can actually produce this. But you could, you know, you could in theory um, line it up so that you could have the names on the scoreboard as you yeah. would in a race. So you do a fifty or hundred or whatever it may be, and you get to look up and see your time. And then as, as again, with competitions, you'd go on the, the live results and you'd look at your splits. You know, you could actually... they, defi- they definitely use them in America. And I'm guessing that Bath and Loughborough and um, Sterling will probably use them as well in training, I would have thought. Uh, mm. But yeah, I've, I've, I've seen videos of, uh, of them in America using them. Um, so with Brett Hawk, Brett Hawk's videos and some of Sonny's videos as well yeah. in America, yeah. Great idea, yeah. David. Obviously, when you think about your um, tra- when you train alone in or in a public session, even if it is with a with a teammate, for example, do you, do you think this is where tech lends itself slightly, you know, a little bit more? Because I alluded to it earlier with Jamie to say that, mm. for example, those tech goggles, it could just kind of get in the way of the fact that you've got all your teammates around you and a coach trying to talk to you. Do you think actually tech's probably better when you're on your own? It's more helpful. I think so. Um, yeah, that that was something that I hadn't considered. Obviously, using those those sort of um, goggles in in a in a um, you know a coach session environment, I, I do think that there is a danger there of you know you're paying attention to you know the inside of your goggles as opposed to you know your coach and what what you're telling you. And and you know you know coaches typically will take uh, splits for you with a stopwatch. And, and let you know and and I think for me that that was the main interest in those types of goggles for me it wasn't you know it wasn't the price for me wasn't necessarily inhibitive although it was a little bit eye-watering but I thought as a as a sprinter doing doing the um you know the 50s and 100 events mainly ultimately what I wanted was a watch uh, sorry uh, not a watch well any any sort of timing mechanism that could tell me my splits on my own um without you know without anyone else's support but right down to the to the tenth of a second or even better a hundredth of a second and, and when I took a look at those uh I think their form watches is is the brand that, that I was looking at it it was it was to the second which is you know brilliant if you're a long distance swimmer if you're a triathlete where you know those bigger uh time differences are obviously you know going to be a lot more obvious um Sorry, yeah, the, you, you know, the, there's you're going to get more noted bigger time differences in in your training sessions, um, but you know, in the fifties and one hundreds, where you're really getting things down into the you know tenths, if not hundredths of a second, then I thought, mm, yeah, it's not quite, yeah, it's it's, it's not. Uh, I'm not I'm not getting the value that I want there because I can just look up at the up at the clock essentially, and I, I can get it either you know I, I can get it to the nearest second and and depending on how good you are at that sort of thing you can either say um you know it's it's a high um a high this or a low this depending on whether you just see the number tick over um or mm. not 
Um, so yeah, it's, 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 I think, I think I'd love, I'd love some of those American, American systems and, and how I sort of pictured it is one of those, um, you know, those buttons on a, on a plinth in, in Ninja Warrior where you, you code in whatever event you're about to yeah. do, you, you press the button and then it, and then it simulates a, a race setup. So, you know, it will give you 10 seconds to get ready, you know, or do the three whistles, then do the one whistle, take your marks, go. And then, you know, mm. you've got touch pads in the water. And then, you know, after after you swim, you can completely replicate a race situation by yourself. And I think, yeah, for 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 myself um, and and other swimming uh, other swimmers like me, I think you know that that'd be so handy is to actually know how well you're going in in the pool and whether you're shaving those tenths or hundredths of a second off. I think that's a cracking setup. Uh, I, lo- I love the sound of that. <laughs> um, so fi- final question, final question to you both. Um, Jamie, look, you, you don't know what you don't know. It ultimately, with with anything in life, and obviously that there, there could be some tech that just comes out tomorrow that changes our lives. Um, but but I often think about this from a point of view of just just generally our lives and technology. And you know, we're also addicted to our phones now because they're, they're so advanced that they just do everything for you and and all the rest of it. But do, do you feel like with I guess where you're at in swimming, I mean, bet bar some of the few things that we've just talked about and the brilliant point that David just made there how how much tech do you think or sorry how much do you think you could actually improve with all this new tech that we could potentially have in the future or do you think it's just a case of you just got to turn up and, and train hard i think definitely training hard um is definitely the main thing sort of getting the sessions in um but i think tech sort of i think tech such as uh, video analysis and things like that can improve your stroke um, seeing what times you do and things like that doesn't necessarily improve you that much, but it's good to know and it's good to see where you're at and to compare yourself like I do sometimes um, to see where you're at. And, uh, yeah, so I think if we didn't have any of the technology, would I go as fast as what I'm doing now? Probably. Um, but it's just nice to sort of see what you're doing and look back as well. And David, do you agree with Jamie there? I, th- I think I'm on the same page as Jamie in that, you know, th- things like senior times is definitely a nice to know. And it can mm. it can give you confidence going into a race, especially if, you know, you've been hitting some pretty decent times in training. Um, I think for me, I, again, completely agree with Jamie that video analysis is the one thing I would love to have, but I'm mm. actually not that bothered about anything else. What about you? Um, I mean, it depends how wacky you want to go with this, but I, I completely agree first and foremost with, uh, you know, at, at this point in time, there's no substitute for the hard training. You, you need to put in the reps to get faster. There, there is at this point in time, there's no, um, you know, there's there's no getting around that. And whilst, you know, video analysis. You well, know, well, no, that, that's not that's not quite correct. There, oh, there is steroids. yeah okay fair enough fair enough but i mean um but even then you know you still actually need to you still actually need to get in and swim it's not a case of taking just taking the steroids yeah um but um yeah so you know if you're going really futuristic and wacky then maybe a a training suit that you zip on a bit like a wetsuit and it, it 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 motors your arms for you so then you actually get the feel of actually this is how my how my arms need to rotate in the water this is how i need to kick this is how i need to do butterfly kick um so you get the feel for going that fast but obviously you know i'd hope they'd be illegal for actually actual the race because it's just yeah it'd just be a sense of 
you know this this is how it should feel to to swim this fast okay right fine i've i've i know what it now feels like i've now actually got to get in and replicate that with my body um but yeah the the you know the video analysis is great because at this point in time it's it's the best thing we've got in um analyzing our stroke and and thinking about it and changing it and one thing i agree with um um james barwick uh, um you know on the on part one of the podcast is um you know the feel for the water um ultimately when you when you're thinking about your stroke that's that's when you get fastest and i've yeah i think i've struggled a little bit this year in in thinking about tech too much thinking about times too much when in reality what you really need to be focusing on is is your stroke um because that that's it the the feed the feedback from from the watches and that sort of thing you know um you know gives you lets you know how well you're doing and and whether you're making the right the right tweaks to your stroke but ultimately when you're actually swimming swimming the race you you know you need to be focusing on on what you're doing and, and how you're executing that swim yeah that i love the uh the bodysuit ideas it's a cracking <laughs> idea you probably pre-program the time you want to swim and it kind yeah. of just motors you to it does you yeah, too, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's brilliant. Really, really good uh, suggestion there. Um, just before we leave um, part one, um, David, you do have a YouTube channel, and um, you know everybody should everybody should get involved. Do you want to do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, so it's it's a um, yeah sharing the story of of my campaign to become a, a better sprint swimmer. I've, I've named the the series "Make Me Proud," which um, hopefully the the swimming pun is evident there. Um, yeah, my, my events are fifty free and fly and and hundred free as well. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's just you know sharing sharing my experiences mainly it's it's um looking at my races doing doing some technical analysis back and that sort of thing and yeah it's it's you know on youtube it's it's at david westcoff um um yeah and it's it'll be obvious because it's it's me in in my hat um with a picture from from me at national so um yeah no i'd much appreciate uh you know if you check me out and and give me a subscribe but um no thank you <laughs> thank you very much yeah that's very kind of you to to give for the shout out not no not 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 at all it's uh, it's always good to see swimming content out there and uh hope the channel goes well um thank you so yeah thank you to thank you to jamie thank you to david uh for this first half uh, and we'll now move on to the second half and as if by magic uh, it is the second half uh and i'm joined by john wood uh Hi. swim and and coach of course as as we all know um and john just before we we get stuck into all of the the technology chat um what a time you had out in madeira uh, you know congratulations um you must be feeling you must be feeling great uh, yeah blown away uh it's still what a week afterwards and it's still sinking in you know the last swim was a week ago today uh still yeah i can't believe quite how quick i was swimming you know it felt good don't get me wrong but i didn't realize i was swimming that quick so three lifetime bests is not something you expect to do at 37 it's unbelievable and but it's unbelievable though I can believe it because we you know we'd been chatting in the month or month or two leading up to it and, and you were adamant that this was your this was your big meet of the year you know yeah. despite going to nationals and, and other things like that you were like this is the big meet for me so you you went in with that mindset of like I mean business yeah very much so I think it, it it's it's an odd one to say I'm going to British champs or British nationals and that's not the focus for me <laughs> um and that's not to do any disservice to British National because for most people that is the big one, but you, you pick and choose your events. And we've talked before about you you only have a certain number of events that you can work towards over a year. And I'd chosen Madeira to be the one. So it was nice to do the relays at Sheffield. That was my focus. And I still swam quickly. I was very, very happy with how I swam in Sheffield, but 
knowing that there was a bit more in the tank to come was was great. No, for sure. Um, all right, so let's get back onto the, the topic of technology then. Yeah. Um, so I want to look at this from a coach's point of view, um, sure. if that's okay, despite you being a, an insanely quick swimmer. But I suppose you'll be able to uh, to relate to, you know, put, putting yourself in the, in the shoes of swimmers that you are, mm-hmm. that you are coaching. Um, first and foremost, just tell us about any sort of technology that, that you use as a coach when you're when you're coaching your clients. So what's really interesting is I, I bought myself a sports watch that I can use to swim with. Um, so I use a Coros watch. I mean, it's the same as Garmin and TomTom and all the rest of that. Um, I bought it to swim with because I want to see what my clients swim with. Most of them are triathletes, um, but I do have a couple that I'm writing swim plans for, especially endurance swimmers. Um, and it is interesting because sports watches aren't as accurate as maybe you'd like them to be. I know when you put the post out on the um, on the Facebook group about technology and, mm. and watches and that sort of thing, uh, I, my response was, I'm not the hugest fan of them because I find people fiddle with them too much and it takes the focus away from why you're swimming. And I know James said this last time as well. Um, so if I'm coaching someone who's wearing a watch, my suggestion is to always press the button and then think about swimming. Yes, okay, it might mean that you're adding an extra second, two seconds, three seconds on at the start of a swim and then finishing hitting the wall and then pressing the button at the end. So it's not super accurate if you're trying to be dialed in. But at the end of the day, the time is not the important bit. That's just a measure. That's a record of what you've done. Um, I, as a coach, I use uh, a system called Sonar Pro. So funnily enough, you were talking last time, last time about being able to communicate with swimmers in the water or coaches being able to communicate with swimmers in the water. Um, there are a few different uh, products out on the market, but the Sonar Pro that I use, it's got a Bluetooth connection. So you've got a walkie talkie and a pod that either clips to your goggles or sw- sticks under your swim cap. And it means that you can talk to the swimmer and as oh, they're yeah. swimming so you can give feedback you can wait or technical feedback you can give splits if you want um you can actually connect i think it's eight pods you can connect to one walkie-talkie so actually you can talk to you can broadcast to everybody so you could say and, and this isn't something i have the opportunity to do because i'm only doing one-to-ones predominantly um but you could say, right, I want everybody to think about standing up tall and thinking, keeping good posture as you push off the wall or whatever. Um, or you could give a call for everyone to sprint. So you might be doing some sort of uh, interval session based on time. So you could, they could be swimming up and up and down nice and easy. And you go, right, you're going to sprint in three, two, one. And everyone, wherever they are in the pool, is going to put the effort in. Um, the thing that I have to remember as a coach is that I don't have to give someone a running commentary. <laughs> uh, and, and it's really important. Like the whole thing with technology and, and kit as well, whether it's fins, paddles, whatever, they are tools. They are not there to be used all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can use them to help you swim fast. And, and there is a real benefit to those things. And it's the same with the, the sonar or your watch. I can give a little bit of feedback, but actually as a coach, I want to see people get things wrong. That might sound really odd to say, but I want to see people get things wrong because I want to then see if they can correct from that. Um, as a coach or also as an athlete, actually the the benefit is being able to change things and get them right. You know, it's lovely if you can do things perfectly all the time. You know, that's great. But you don't necessarily learn 
as much from that. Whereas if you get things wrong and are able to correct it, it tells your brain that you've got the capability to do that. Uh, I learned to row 10 years ago. And if you, um, the, the technical term is catching a crab. So if the blade gets stuck under the water, you can almost get pinged out of the boat by it by that um and you'll see it in like if you watch the boat race uh, and stuff sometimes that happens but you've got seven other men or women who are rowing along and trying to race you haven't got time for everyone to set yeah. and stop and, and get back into the rhythm you've just got to join in with everyone as, as quickly as possible and the same thing happens when you're swimming if you're swimming freestyle and you swallow water you're not going to stop in the middle of a 50 or a 400 or, or a 5k swim and go, hang on, guys, I, I need to stop and, and clear my throat. It, it, it's like, how can you deal with that as quickly as yeah. possible? And that goes to even the smallest of technical issues. So whether that's overextending or whether that's um, getting a bit flat and, 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 and scuffing the water or whatever it is, those little mistakes, if you can correct them on the fly, that's really important. And so sometimes you just need a little reminder. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to remember with the with using the kit. The benefit actually with the Sona Pro is when I use it open water, it's got a range of 650 meters. So I, the lake that I coach at in Bristol, it's a 650 meter loop, but I can walk around the edge while somebody's swimming and I'll be maybe a hundred meters from someone and I can give them technical feedback or I can say, right, okay, you're going to swim to the next boy and then we're going to change what we're doing. Or I'm, you're going to do some drill and then you're going to go swim. Um, and, and you can see the changes as they go along, which is it's a really useful tool. See, I, I love it, and, and I'm really glad that these things exist. I, d I did think they probably would um, mm. exist, and I think from from my point of view, the reason why I mentioned it on the on the on the first part of this podcast was simply that I'm somebody who I really benefit from having a an, an engaged coach, um, yes. and. I agree. I wouldn't want to run in commentary. It would lose its effect. But what I would really benefit from is if we were doing, you know, some, some kind of set, even if it was sprint sets, I'd love a coach to just get in my ear for a split second and say something like, just remember your hand entry, Joe. You know, if, if they started to notice yeah. it was going a bit off, just a small comment halfway through a swim. And I'd be like, right, I've got to, I've got to remember. Or, or even just... We need a bit. We need a bit more from here, Joe. Keep it or keep it going. You know, you yes, need that encouragement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's little, it's little tidbits like that that I think are fantastic. Yeah. So, um, no, so that's that's really interesting. So, so you said you have a watch that you you use. Obviously, you're assuming yes. you want to know what's what your clients use. What what um other other than watches? Is there anything else that your clients like to bring to a session that you kind of have to then factor in as a coach? So. Not really apart from the toys, you know, whether it's the fins, the paddles, the, the TikToks or, or, or the various different shapes of paddles. What I've been seeing recently, there's a company called EO. I think it, I, I don't know whether that's actually how you pronounce it, but it looks like EO. Uh, and there's Triton wear as well. And they seem to measure power. So you, if you, if anybody who's listening is a cyclist, you'll know that power is kind of the, the prime metric for measuring cycling output. And it's come, it's kind of coming into running as well. Um, and it's something that is approaching swimming. Uh, and it's one of those things that I think will be a really useful, um, tool if people can use it. It's not going to be massively widely used because it's not going to be massively available. And I think it's going to be quite expensive. Uh, but it's the ability to see how your output changes when you're changing your stroke technique. Um, and, and I think that's 
quite a useful thing to know. Um, the other thing that I work with, and, and I know that it was mentioned last time, is I, I do video analysis. Yeah. So I'll do full video analysis sessions in an endless pool. So you're swimming on the spot. Endless pool, basically like running on a treadmill for those yeah. who haven't been in one. And it is, it can be a bit discombobulating to start with because it's like swimming into a stream, but you're swimming very much on the spot. Uh, but from a video point of view, because you're on the spot, it makes it very easy to, uh, to, to get video from different angles, whether it's under the water, from above the water, from the side, from the front, from directly overhead. The benefit here is not necessarily in the video itself. The video is actually most beneficial for you to be able to see what's going on. So as an athlete, if I'm talking to you, I could be telling you all these things. I can tell you, right, your hands need to go wider. You need to push past your thighs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you might think, well, I'm doing that. And then you look at the video and you're going, maybe I'm not doing what I think I'm doing. Because we all have a skewed reality of what we think is going on. Yeah. Uh, because we can't see it. Uh, and the, as a swimmer, when I was uh, a teenager, I was quite a good backstroker when I was a young teenager. Um, I was fortunate enough to win a national bronze medal um, at 13. And then I grew by about two or three inches over the summer. And I came back uh, to training and my coach is telling me, your arms are going across the center line, you're overreaching. And and he was telling me, right, I need to put your hands out wider. I want you to aim 10 to 2. I want you to aim quarter to 3, you know, really exaggerate it. And I'm so, I can't get my hands to go any wider. And obviously, this would have been 25 years ago. So he shows me, he videos me on this really old school camcorder. Yeah. And I see it and I go, okay, that's, um, that, that, that really highlights what, what's being said to me. And, you know, I bet I back myself as a coach to be able to communicate things, but sometimes, being able to see what's going on is far more useful than being told. You know, people are visual learners and, and that sort of thing, um, but it does make a difference. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And again, you, you do one-to-one coaching, which is different to a, to a club setting. Um, but obviously there, there's many um, things that, that will relate, whether it's one-to-one or, or, or one coach with, with a whole group of swimmers. Yes. Is there any technology that you you mentioned the watch and people fiddling too much? Yes. So you kind of already mentioned that one. Is there any other technology that you have either experienced or perhaps you've not experienced, but you can imagine would be a bit of a conflict for you as a coach if your swimmer, or, you know, your or your athlete was just too too busy with the tech and you just want to say to them, put it away, you know? I so I'm going to say. I'm not going to say I would go completely down the line of James from last time, but I think all technology can be of conflict. Yeah. I think it's a, it's kind of that uh, response. It depends, uh, which is the, the best and worst answer you can give to any question. Uh, <laughs> it depends because if you use technology, right, whether it's a watch, whether it's the heart rate monitors, whether it's, you know, these things will give you a, a benchmark or they will give you a bit of speed. But if you're overusing it, then it becomes worthless or it become, you become reliant on it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think technology is a great thing if you can use it properly and not rely on it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we mentioned um in the first half of this of this part two of the podcast um mm. the these new goggles that are now on the market where you yeah. can where you can literally yeah, form or finish ones there you go you can see you can see the data in front of your eyes now what i've sort of con- concluded with that is 
you know, if you're going to have a pair of those, I, I can imagine that if you train alone, it's handy. Mm-hmm. But if you train in a club setting, you've got a coach on on deck and you've got your, your teammates in the same lane as you, I can imagine it just is a bit of a distraction because it you complete you're no longer present. You know, you're no longer present with your teammates and with your coach. It's that lit- literally is getting in front of your vision. Yeah. So I've not actually used them. I've seen them. Um absolutely I think if you're training solo, I think it's a really good thing, good, good way of keeping you on track. Yeah. And if you're doing a lot of volume swimming or you're a distance swimmer, so if you're a 1500 swimmer or 800 swimmer and you're doing you're ticking off the reps. I think it's perfect. Yeah. One of the things that I found, and and again, this is coming from a, being in a distance swimmer, and it probably says something about my mindset as well. When I was swimming 16, 17, 18, I could think about stroke count. I could rattle off my splits to you. I could tell you how many reps I'd done in my head. Something like these finish or form goal. You know, I was swimming in a lane with four other people, um, and there were. 10, 12 other people in the pool. It's a small pool. Something like these finished goggles or the form goggles, they're doing exactly the same, but you're not having to do the mental arithmetic mm. to, to, to manage that. So I, if, if you are a numbers kind of person and that helps maintain the um, motivation or the spirit to keep going through a set or, or keep you switched on, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but again, it's it's like everything else. Again, if you kind of because you can't use it in a race, you know, yeah. pool. I, I even for open water swim racing, I don't think you're allowed to watch. But certainly in the pool, you're not allowed to watch. So if you're relying on those splits to keep you on pace, that's not a healthy place to be. When you then go and swim, you four, you're eight, you're fifteen in the pool because you're then cut off from that, cut off mm. from your lifeline. Um, but if you can swim that and you can go right, okay, I'm used to holding. 120s or 115s, 110s, whatever the, that pace is, and you take take the watch off, take uh, so then the goggles are not showing you anything, and you're still able to knock out the same paces, then maybe that's a good thing. Um, yeah, and and, and it, you know you're not going to be looking at it whilst you're having a conversation at the end of the lane. Exactly. Yeah, I, and again, just just to add to the um, you know the the it depends uh, kind of kind of statement that you made earlier. It's um. You know, sometimes tech can be good. Sometimes it can be, it, well, it, it's it's not great. Is we we've been car shopping actually the weekend, and um, we we test drove something, and uh, they've got parking sensors. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's interesting because I've I've spent the last eight years without a driveway, so I've been parking on the street. Now both me and Kirsty are amazing at parallel parking. Like, <laughs> like, like find me a better parallel parker, I will wait. <laughs> um, because we, I mean, we, we can park in some of the tightest spots. Now, that's a skill that we've literally had to learn without parking sensors. Yeah. And as soon as he said, "Oh, we've got parking sensors," straight away I was like, "I don't think I'd want them because I'd lose the ability to judge it for myself." And and that just kind of made me think, you know, about everything that you've just talked about there with the pacing, knowing what a pace actually feels like when you tune yeah. in to it without having it in your in your goggles just basically telling you yeah and um yeah just just i just sort of remember um you know when, when he mentioned about the parking sensors the first yeah. thing i thought about was this technology podcast which was a bit of a strange thing to think about when you test driving a car but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I so i work part-time for a running shoe company and the yeah. first thing i notice about anybody is what what shoes they've got on their feet yeah exactly <laughs> the same so it is, it's what you get used to actually funnily enough we're talking about the watches and and talking about whether things are good or bad 
one of the things that just uh, reminded me, I swim a lot of fly. You know, the fly is one of my main strokes and I do a lot of work underwater. So if I'm doing 25s, 50s fly, even 100s in training, I'm doing probably maximum of 15 meters swimming, swimming in a length. At which point, a lot of watches don't actually record yeah. it as a length because although yeah. in 15 meters of swimming, it might be eight strokes. If I'm doing off a of first 25, it might be six strokes. That doesn't register as a length a lot of the time. Mm. So there are, there are always going to be, let's say, drawbacks or, or things that the technology doesn't stack up to. And the the algorithms and everything else are always getting better. Um but that's why you can't just rely on them. Completely agree. To to take technology now to a more positive spin, because I think what yeah. we've probably done here is we've we've probably cautioned against a lot of technology, which is absolutely fine and, and makes complete sense. But the, the sort of final two questions that I have is, well, the first one is, what technology do you think as a, as a coach that, that you could use on either on deck or that you can use in collaboration with a swimmer? What do you think would really level up your coaching and really help you out? so one of the things at the moment i'm looking to try and use or do is probably with the video coaching is being able to sync up uh two cameras at the same time above and below the water yeah. uh, most cameras seem to uh communicate via bluetooth and the problem is underwater you lose that connection now i'm sure some people have probably managed to uh jerry rig or, or fudge together something that keeps a connection there but that that would be something that i would find really beneficial is being able to connect two cameras so you can run them you can sync them up they can start at the same time and you can get that view almost like split screen so that you can see that um or you, or you can play it back and, and and have that that view all the time mm, that sounds really good so final question then um imagine we took all the tech away Yep. Do you feel like you could deliver a session of the same quality without tech, or do you do you think tech genuinely improves how you can coach people? The tech definitely adds to what I can do. Like I said, I I would back myself to be able to communicate to things to people. One of the things I often say when I'm poolside is it's not for someone to try and decode what I'm saying. It's for me to put it in a way that they understand. Now that is e very much easier as a one to one coach. Uh, and it's a lot more difficult when you are coaching a club um, or, or coaching a group in the water. Uh, but, you know, in, in our club sessions with Henleys, and I'm swimming in those rather than being on poolside, Jez isn't using any technology. You know, he does occasionally video us uh, at points, and I think he's just got a, a new camera set up. Um, I think I saw him in training on Monday. Um, but, you know, apart from a stopwatch, he doesn't use any tech at all. Um, and he keeps us engaged partly with using different terminology on the on the board when he's writing things. So it's a bit of a cryptic crossword, which kind of goes against what I just said in, in terms of my communication to any swimmers. But he's not using any tech. So I don't think it's a necessity. I think it really add, it can add mm. if it's used well. And that's the same. You know, video coaching is, is great. But just because you can video someone doesn't make you a great coach. You still have to interpret it. You still have to communicate what you want someone to do from what they've seen. Um, so, yeah, technology is great. It's a really useful thing, but it's not something to be purely relied on. 
I think that's a really, really good way to finish this conversation. To sum that up, is the idea that you know technology can can really add uh, to your training mm. if it's used in the right way and if it's if it's used with with balance so that it doesn't yes. become relied upon. Um, look, r- really great conversation. Thank you for for being part of it. Thanks to everybody who's been part of this technology conversation. Um, do let us know on Facebook what technology you use. Um, how you think it really adds to your training or if you are a technology naysayer let us know and tell us why um so thank you to everybody um that has been technology in swimming part two uh thanks to john and see you all soon